0: The English domestic football season is over. Finally. But there is still Champions League and Europa League to enjoy. And Bet365 are offering a wide range of markets, including first, last and any time scores. And with over 45 million members, it's the world's favourite online betting company. With the Bet365 bet builder, you can combine match results, players to score, number of goals and, well, lots and lots more if you can't watch a live game with bet365's match live feature you can follow every moment through live graphics and text bet365 is the world's favorite online sport betting company the app can be downloaded from apple app store or google play over 18s only please gamble responsibly Hello and welcome to From the Rooker End, brought to you by The Athletic. My name is John. With me at the moment is Adam Leventhal. And of course, Adam, your uh, work in The Athletic is is not stopping uh, with this uh, closed season. Uh, we'll have a chat about that. But we'll, the main thrust of this episode is Geordie has gone out there. He has been trying to act as the Watford director of football uh, and deciding what the squad will look like for next year. And we're going to sort of see where we think and what might happen with the Watford squad over this coming well, month, maybe two months, uh, while the transfer window is open. But Adam, the the big talking point, the big thing we all want sorting out fairly quickly uh, is this new Watford head coach. Uh, it, it hasn't been done uh, in the nanoseconds that it was done between Javi and uh, Kike Sanchez Flores' return. And it's a little bit longer, I think, I suppose, uh, between Kike and Nigel Pearson. But for you, from what you know, where where is this this process at? Where, what what are we looking at? Why is it taking so long? I think in the grand scheme of things, it's not it's not taking too long. I think Adam,
1: if you look at Twitter, I think you'll find everyone really wants to know very quickly. <laughs> yeah, no, 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 I know, and I think that, that as you as you alluded to there, people expect it because that's what's happened in the past. But I think that it's probably quite wise to to just take a little bit of time to have a think, to also have a time to sort of reflect. And to decompress after a season like that and then go for the person that you you really like. And that that's my understanding of, of how the process is going to work, that there will be a sort of an acceleration in the process next week. You know, there may well be an appointment next week as well. I think that the initial due diligence has been done on a number of coaches and I've highlighted them before for The Athletic. A couple of contenders that I know have been contacted via representatives are Vladimir Ivic, who's the the former Maccabi Tel Aviv head coach, Gerhard Struber, who's, who's currently in a job at Barnsley and who did very, very well. There have been others that have shown interest, I understand, in the role, some homegrown Head coaches, the likes of uh, Chris Houghton, Lee Johnson, you know, people, people like that. But it appears as if they will sit down uh, next week and it won't necessarily be a case of having lots and lots of interviews with lots of different people. I think they will, they will look at the merits of various different candidates and there may well be ones that are completely unknown to me. That is highly likely. (laughs) And it, it might be that they, pull a rabbit out of the hat and it is someone completely different but then they will act on that and it will allow that head coach to then come in and have a bit of time to either sort of leave their their homes where they are if it's Struber he's in Austria if it's um, Ivic he's he's actually out in Greece that's where he set up home because he used to play for um, Palk. he was then youth head coach there and then he moved on to be head coach and, and won a cup with them before moving on to to Israel um, so they might then sort of have a few extra days there or they might come directly to London for talks get it all nailed down and then be available around the 17th uh, to take first team training uh, when they are due to uh, resume three weeks after the end of uh, the season so probably for fans they're thinking come on get on with it we want to know but you know, after such a sort of a crazy year, I think everyone involved in football and, you know, from the players to club staff to the hierarchy need a bit of a breather. And taking a bit of time to, to make a very important decision is probably um, quite a, a prudent approach at the uh,
0: at the moment. Because you, you mentioned the other thing, interesting, sort of change in that hierarchy uh, in your article that that's up today on, on, on Thursday. Why Watford have not yet hired a new head coach? In it, you say that the, the, the process of making that decision, it, it is sort of being made by Gino Pozzo uh, with input from Scott Duxbury. But we're, we're not getting as much input, we think, from Filippo Giraldi.
1: Yeah, I, my understanding is, and I think that this has been sort of, obviously, last season it has been very clear that there have been some some issues uh, in the environment around the head coach and we've spoken about that on previous podcasts but my understanding currently is that they are having a, a, a reshuffle it's like a cabinet reshuffle and that Filippo Giraldi may well and this isn't been confirmed and it may well turn out to be something different slightly different my understanding is that he's going to move into a, a more sort of pure scouting recruitment role and they are going to bring in uh, a new technical director, a guy called Cristiano Jaretta. He is going to play an active role in the sort of the committee that will select the new head coach. And it might be sort of recommendations from him that might help move in in a certain direction. But I'm sure that they will all, Gino Pozzo, Scott Duxbury, Jaretta, I'm sure Giraldi will, will also have some sort of input. They're not going to just completely abandon him. Because he has been part of the setup for a long, long time, he's he's obviously been sort of very visible, which
0: I, I think has been a, a disadvantage to him. Well, it's made him a a, a, a target, person, yeah, for, for definitely yeah. for fans to see. Yeah. Who are you? What do you do? Why you stood there? Are you interfering? Yeah. Yes, you are. Is basically how yeah. it, it comes out across.
1: Yeah, and look, that's. It's not a, it's not a personal thing against him because I think, you know, his, his heart is in the right place and he's done some good things in terms of recruitment and he has built up a good rapport with with certain players, with certain head coaches, but he's also um, not necessarily had the, be- the best year. But then I suppose you could say that the same for for a lot of elements of, of the club. It's just not gone right. So I think they're probably in a position now of going, right, well, we need to change something and let's see if this works. And and I think ultimately, if they do sort of have a, a better, um, more streamlined approach around the head coach, um, then that will hopefully hopefully pay dividends and and obviously part of it last season you had a, an extra sporting director brought in Eric Roy from France, he used to play for Sunderland, came in, was sort of seen a, a lot alongside Filippo Giraldi and he had a sort of a role in sort of keeping players um, happy and, and, and making sure that things were sort of sorted out for them and stuff at the training ground but my understanding is that he had a one-year contract and that isn't necessarily going to be renewed for the time being Uh, there might be a different role who knows but yeah they're restructuring things and they're doing that as well at the same time as also sorting out contracts with with players and on top of that Gino Pozzo also has an input at Udinese and they've had a a caretaker coach in charge in in Luca Gotti and there was a little bit of um, sort of a link with with him because he was seen having um, a a meeting with, with Gino Pozzo so people thought oh well hang on a minute he's going to be the new head coach of Watford but it was more to sort out his Udinese future and as to whether he wanted to step back and be an assistant coach, stay as a head coach or go somewhere different altogether. So there's been a lot happening, but obviously there's not been anything announced. They don't do a sort of a running commentary on the on the Watford Twitter telling everyone <laughs> exactly what's going on. So, yeah, I can understand there's there's a frustration from, from some fans who want this sorted. But my understanding is that it, it will be sorted pretty much, hopefully 100 percent next week. Um, and we just have to sort of wait over the weekend and uh, just sort of maybe enjoy the silence. I don't know if, <laughs> don't know if that's possible, <laughs> but yeah, just just sort of maybe reflect that feeling of yeah, rest and recuperate and and not rush into a decision.
0: We're the odds. You're the odds.
1: Come on, you
0: Orbs. Who are we, the Watford squad of the twenty 2020, twenty 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 one? which is a big mouthful to say, in the championship. We gave Geordie a task of uh, picking some players uh, from the current bunch of Watford players who we have, finding out some gaps, saying who's going to be going, who's going to be staying, uh, and everything, well, basically might go down in the transfer window for the Glory Hornets. So Adam and I caught up with him a little while ago. So Adam, we've had a squad that's been relegated and it hasn't been performing at all well for not just a season, sort of for a while and it's an opportunity to rebuild but this isn't just about adding a player here and a player there and sending one out and sending another one out somewhere else be on loan or selling them. This is a whole squad that is going to be playing in a very different division, the Championship. What kind of job is it that the the, you know Gino the Potsos and and whoever this new manager is what is it they've got to do to this squad to make it successful next year well I don't know if people were watching the
1: the playoff final between Fulham and Brentford the other night I actually tweeted about it that Scott Parker's post-match interview was was beautiful I thought because he was so honest and he acknowledged the fact that when they got relegated there was a lot of sort of Basically bad energy in that squad and that needed to be rectified. And that's one of the chief things that Watford need to do. They need to get the enjoyment back. They need to get the fun back. We've, you know, mentioned that on previous podcasts. They need to get the enjoyment difficult, especially with no crowds and things like that. It feels very, very clinical. Um, but that's the overarching thing that they need to do. Um, aside from that, I think they do need to sort of reset and refresh and there needs to be churn this time around. You'll remember last summer, the aim, and that has sort of later been seen as as a negative, but at the time I think it was seen as a positive, they kept the squad together. And they only added, what, three players, Welbeck, Saar and Craig Dawson. I think what this summer has to bring is an opportunity for pathways to be created for the players that were kept on the fringes by keeping the squad together last summer. So we need to see that evolution of some of the players that have been out of the side and are considered to be better players. Because they've been out of the side, so everyone's thinking, "Hang on a minute, this side's rubbish. Bring them in; they'll they'll be the answer." So we'll we'll see some of those fringe players. We'll, I'm sure we'll talk about those um, a little bit later on. And also for there to be an opportunity now for the for the Potsow setup to draw on their reserves, you know, all around the world, draw in the um, the fishnet with uh, the loanies from from around the world. And utilize them. And some of them will be familiar names, you know, that we, that we already know that have gone out to, to Udinese or gone out to La Liga. But there will also be um, names that have never been at the club before, never even been in England before. So I think there's a certain amount of excitement, um, for Watford fans. And hopefully that when those players get on the pitch and they start performing, If some of the bigger players leave, the likes of Saar and Delafeu and Dini and Decore potentially, um, then hopefully the performances on the pitch will make it easy to sort of forget and get over the loss of some some big name players. But there is a lot to be decided before October the 5th and then that um, period afterwards for the domestic only transfers to happen as well. So there's quite a long period of time potentially a disruptive time as well because the season will be, what, six weeks in and then the transfer window will close. So it's going to be an extra sort of headache for the new head coach and and the hierarchy at the club.
0: So, Geordie, we gave uh, you a, a challenge, an exercise, uh, to look at the current squad and, in your mind, uh, to decide uh, who will be here next year and who won't be here next year. We post it out on social media, uh, on our Instagram, on our Facebook, on our Twitter, at what podcast What was your
2: approach to this, your, your parameters you gave yourself? So, I looked at having five parameters or considerations. The first one, some, actually some of them being been touched upon by Adam, the first one is realism. I think you know, there's no point in saying we keep all our best players and we, um, you know, we we bring Ronaldo over. Uh, we need to we need to recognise that there is a need as a business to balance the books and that some players won't want to stay. I mean, you know, they've been part of a relegated squad or indeed some of them haven't been part of a relegated squad and probably playing in the championship wasn't on their career path uh, and they'll be keen to move on. So we need to recognise that some players will want to go and won't want to stay around and also that there's the issue of contracts. So play, if players are assets that uh, we're going to lose for nothing in, in the near future and we can't tie down or they simply have lucrative contracts i think we need to consider that they, they may have to go second is kind of having key assets and uh ensuring we've got a key a, a strong spine to the squad um you know looking at the squad at the start of last season it was a squad that we thought would be able to Keep its position in the in the top flight, and it hasn't done that. But there's still good players dotted around the squad that just haven't been, you know, for a multitude of reasons, haven't been playing particularly well together. And also assets that will be players will be assets if we go back up. So um, it brings to the third point is lowering the age. I think we've got a lot of aged players and players who have been around a while, um, who we might think, well, they'll be good in the championship, and indeed they might. But if it's you know 46 games. We saw you know, in the Project Restart playing so frequently um, was, was more of a challenge for some players. And, you know, if we, if we do go back up, which I think has to be the aim, we don't want to then have to rebuild the squad because we've got a load of players, the wrong side of 30, who've just got us back up. Fourth one, again, linked link to that and what Adam was talking about, is creating pathways. So we want to make sure that young players aren't blocked by older players who aren't going to be regular starters um, and won't be assets if we go back up and won't be sellable. And the fifth one, and probably the mo and uh, it kind of clashes a bit with the realism, but again, it's this isn't necessarily what I think is going to happen with the squad. This is kind of how I would approach it, and is that the loanees will come back? So obviously, Adam mentioned we've got loanees dotted around Europe and so forth, and this is making the assumption that they're all willing to come back and don't need to be sold to balance the books or so forth. Because obviously, we've got some strikers um, and some uh, players like Stupinyan who apparently have done very well and maybe maybe sellable assets. The parameters, you know, keeping it real ensuring we've got a spine, trying to bring the age down, trying to create pathways and assuming that the loanies will come back. At the same time, we don't know who the manager is, what kind of players he's going to want. We don't know who wants to stay. You know, we don't know behind the scenes who the club feels maybe not a bad apples, but maybe are kind of, you know, got, got a fat lip and, and aren't going to be part of, a aren't ready and aren't motivated to kind of have a go at it. Like I say, this isn't going to be a prediction of what the squad's going to be uh, on the first day of the season or by the end of the transfer window, but it's an it's a way of looking at a more longer-term view of the squad development. So the categories you sort of put the players
0: into, one is, we need a season from you, which means we know that you possibly might want to move on, but we, we need to keep you for a bit longer. There's the championship is your level, which means maybe, you know, you should thrive uh, in your new environment. What have you got? Which is that whole thing of youth and giving them the opportunity to show off. Uh, sorry we need the cash, is players who basically we need to sell because there's going to be shortfalls, uh, not just because of being relegated, but because of the current climate that we're in. And then there's thanks for everything. And these are the players, of course, who might be leaving, or you see is leaving Watford. You get no extra points and no um, uh, congratulations, Geordie, on your goalkeepers, because it's quite straightforward goalkeepers. Uh, Dalberg being very young, um, and, and Barkman also, they have the opportunities maybe to show themselves off. But you've kept Foster... Uh, And you've you've got him down as, uh, we need a season from you. Adam, do you think that's a possibility of Foster going?
1: I would be very, very surprised if if Ben Foster left. Uh, there was obviously a bit of uncertainty during lockdown because he hadn't signed an extension to his contract and he was one of those out-of-contract players. So he was clearly thinking about his future. But then the negotiations reaped a, a two-year extension to his contract. At that point, everyone thought, oh, well, he's, he's definitely going to stay. Obviously, the, the relegation... Made that a little bit more uncertain, but then he did post on social media a few days ago, didn't he? About saying, yeah, I've let, let the dust settle, and you know, let's let's go again, essentially in, in the championship. So I think that they will be planning that he will be the number one keeper, but I think a lot of work needs to be done in that department. I know that Aurelio Gomez has sort of, by all accounts, retired and is 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 heading away from the club. I don't think that that's one hundred percent nailed down. There might be a um, some sort of role for him um so we'll have to sort of keep an eye on that and then you come on to sort of um Dahlberg and Backman or Backman and Dahlberg they remind me of the two now- who are the guys in the um, the Muppets, <laughs> the Muppets yeah. up the, um Stella and Waldorf or whatever they're called yeah. I, I can't remember what their names are anyway um but yeah we've heard their names so many times I think now w- we need to see them in action and and to be honest you know when we saw Daniel Backman last season uh in the games against Tranmere, <sighs> I wasn't overly impressed, to be honest. He didn't fill me with confidence. That It might be um, slightly unfair because, you know, when you've been sat on the sidelines for such a long period of time and not even... Um, being on the bench in the Premier League, it's quite difficult to come into a sort of a different environment, and then playing on that horrendous pitch up at uh, Prenton Park as well wasn't wasn't particularly helpful. But my sort of gut feeling is that there, there there's a keeper in Dahlberg. You know, he's played for Sweden. He looks like a you know a prime specimen, and I'd I'd quite like to see him given a go. And I think if they're not gonna if they don't believe in either of those two keepers, then they need to bring in another one that is genuinely going to challenge Ben Foster. Foster needs competition because it's not going to be long before he, he does eventually go. That might be after a season or he might, you know, end up playing all the way until he's what, 39, 40 and, and he can, and he can carry on going. But, you know, he's, he's in the latter years of his, of his uh, career. So there needs to be someone in that's given an opportunity. And with that sort of relentless campaign in the, in the championship, which will be squeezed even further because of the later start, you know, it might might be that yeah, Foster might pick up a, a you know thigh strain or, or whatever, and there's going to need to be another keeper ready to go. So um, yes, it might seem like a, a simple department. I think with the attention to detail that is needed to get a team back up into the into the Premier League, they can't sort of leave any areas without attention. And I think that that goalkeepers is um, is certainly one of those that, that does still need a little bit of work, even if Ben Foster is going to be the number one.
0: The defence, Geordie. So you had, in Give Us Another Season, was uh, Adam Messina. Championship is your level. Craig Dawson, Kiko and uh, Christian Cabaselli. The, the players who you're going to... You know, give, a, give these opportunities to show off what they can do. Returning to the club from a, a season at Swansea is Ben Wilmot. And Yam I'll get that better, I'm sure, as the season goes on, uh, if he does come to the club. Then you're getting rid of, though, Geordie, quite a few. And I get, I get that, I get that. They haven't been great for a while. Uh, Cathcart, Yamat, Navarro, Fouquier, Mariapa and Holabas, of course, their contracts have ended. That's quite
2: a lot of gaps to fill, Geordie. It is, and that was also the case when we had them all playing for us, wasn't it? There were lots of <laughs> gaps to fill in our defence, and, and opposition strikers were quite good at finding them. Um, I think this is this goes back to the parameters around you know pathways um, and areas to improve. Our defence has been a a weak point. I think we've recognised that we can probably go back and find pods from previous summers to say, oh, we need to get in a good, you know, good dominant defender. We need to do this. We need to do that in defence. So I wouldn't really want any more than two. If we're playing four at the back, any more than two of last season's defenders in the team at any one time. Jan Matt again, I think he's a great player, and we've seen like he's, a, he's an attacking threat as well. You know, he seems to score against Chelsea with the amazing goals and stuff. But he's out of contract in 2022. You know, the age he's 31 he's he's had injuries um he's is he going to fancy the championship i think he's certainly strong enough you know when you he's, he's not um a, a fancy dutch footballer he's quite a hard player so i think he could do the job in in the championship but then you know do we want um a premier league international to sit on the bench if 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 kiko's going to be the first teamer and and he himself is 29 and he's you know we've we've kept him in, in our in our squad but i know that there's rumors of him going to valencia Mariapa again it's a difficult one because he's versatile he can play in the middle he can play on the right you know, he, he ticks boxes from homegrown, all these things, but he's unlikely to be a first-teamer. So is he just going to be blocking a youngster by sitting on the bench to make up quotas? And is that position better given to one of the guys who showed his face against Tranmere? Cathcart, basically, we can't have Cathcart and Dawson in the same team because, you know, Craig's ball gets shouted. They both clash into each other. <laughs> it's just, you know, it's just, it's just another another avenue for, for errors. Cathcart's a bit older, and Dawson kind of, I think, showed that he, he struggled Last season, and then in the in Project Restart, he had kind of like the ying and the yang, kind of making mistakes but also um, showing himself to be an attacking threat. And one of the things that we we I, re, I remember not fondly from the championship is the turnover of possession and the kind of just lumping it forward. And I think someone who just gets his head on everything. There will be teams we play in the championship where we just need someone like Dawson just to provide that excess um, heading. Ability and hardness, and also his threat from set pieces. Um, I think so. Uh, Cathcart again, no reason why we wouldn't keep him under normal circumstances, but given the parameters, um, you know, he's 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 over a year older than Dawson. Um, he's contracts up in 2023. You know, next time we, he played in the Premier League, he'd probably be you know, going on 33 with us if we went up again. So probably not um, a player for the future. Again, I don't think he necessarily will go, but if I was looking to to prune the squad. It's it's one of those difficult decisions. Holobas, as you said, uh, and and Fouquier have already kind of um uh, kind of you know, stormed it's, it's out with Hollabath. Well, you know, I think you know Holobas. I mean, I, it's the fun, the one player who didn't get a leaving card. Uh, we know how much <laughs> he likes getting cards, but there wasn't a leaving card because he left early. Um, and Navarro is is one. um He's on loan, but he uh, he only played a handful of games, I think, for uh, for Leganess as they were relegated, and got players like Stupinyan who had to. Have that jump-off point in Spain to, in order to qualify for uh, for European passports and and to get kind of um, permission to play over here. But players like uh, Ziglar, Navarro, Juan Fran, they were they were kind of ready to come here. They, there was no bureaucracy that stopped them coming. And Navarro hasn't really featured for us, so he could well be a good player in the championship. But uh, and he, again, we, he, there was this rumour that he could be versatile on the right and and in the middle. But if he hasn't been fancied yet and he wasn't, he hasn't played much last year. Again, I don't know if he was injured, but you know he didn't play much last year. I just think it's, this is an opportunity to bring in some, some young players. I think Ngaki has been rumoured with us, or he's coming to us again, whether he'll be a first-teamer, but maybe you know, a backup to Flemenia and so on to kind of develop so that when we do go back up, when we go back up, we have, we have players that we don't need to buy.
0: Where's the priority, do you think, Adam, at this point? You know, Geordie's, I like how Jordi's talking about this, this you know, ongoing asset uh, and the future. What, what is it we need to do in that defence?
1: As Geordie has highlighted, you you need to have a a leader in terms of a a central defender in that back four, which Watford haven't had. Craig Dawson didn't solve that problem. Craig Cathcart isn't a leader. Christian Cabaselli hasn't shown um, enough consistency to be that person. So they need to bring someone in. That could be Ben Wilmot, but I think that might be a little bit too much um to ask of him, uh, even though he is sort of well-versed in in the championship now, having had that season with Swansea. And, you know, he's been talked up as a future captain by the the current captain. That's good to hear. So he might be the right person. But I just think they need to bring someone who's a bit wily, knows the territory a little bit, and is someone that can come in and upgrade that central defensive unit and maybe sort of drag someone up with him, whether that's Dawson or whether that's Cathcart or Cabaselli. I think one of those probably needs to be moved on. And I think at least one of them will probably be on a contract that dictates that they need to be moved on. But I, I, I'm, I would have thought that Craig Cathcart will probably stick around. I think he's our best defender out of the three of them, um, but he's not really been preferred since, um, since the start of the year. So something's been going on there, clearly. Um, I think that in terms of the fullback positions, there are a lot of, a lot of options. I think probably Kiko Femenia will leave. I think that Adrian Mariapa will probably probably be retained if the contract is to his suiting because of his versatility as Geordie mentioned. Um, I think Jeremy Ngakia is going to come in. It's my understanding that he's going to sign a long-term contract. It just it hasn't been confirmed by the club yet. And I think that Pervis Estupinian, if they can keep hold of him, having been the best left back in La Liga, it would be amazing if he could come in and upgrade in the left back position i think that i think there are still question marks over adam messina whether he's probably a better center half i mean it might be that he could actually play as a center back rather than a left back Um but i think that there's going to be a lot of interest in Estupinian. so it'll be it'll be amazing if they can keep hold of him and just one other point to pick up on on, on the the right back position you know if Ngakia comes in i think he'll be one of two uh, they need to retain either Femenia or Yanmat as Geordie was saying you know there's still a question mark over Yanmat how he's going to come back after a long term and a difficult knee injury that sort of had peaks and troughs didn't it and it didn't it sort of came out of nowhere and then there was a, a relapse as well so I think there are still question marks over that so they need to get that position right especially with and we've mentioned it before the the relentlessness of the championship campaign you know if if there are injury concerns, being able to play sort of twice a week, every week for the next nine months is going to put a, a lot of strain on a player who's who's got a sort of a niggly injury. So there needs to be a lot of attention on it. I think that maybe, you know, the likes of Navarro, who can be quite sort of flexible, could potentially come in and and join the squad so they've got a lot of options but I would like to see some new blood in there just to sort of bring a little bit of belief because I think there are quite a few shell-shocked players in that back four that don't necessarily have the the sort of the latent confidence that you would want from a side that's hopefully going to be challenging for promotion but let's not forget with any of these positions we are judging them on their performances in a in an absolutely crackers season last season where they were having to listen to you know, four different sets of voices in in Javi, in Kike, in Mullins and Stack and Pearson. They have no sort of barometer of, of what they're really supposed to be doing and they have no confidence. So if they can bring in a new head coach that instills belief and confidence and strength, then these players who we know have been good in the past can regain some of that quality but that is another chief task of of the head coach coming in but i would i would still like a little bit of new blood as well in there
0: now I love a beer, and you probably do as well. And if you, like me, enjoy one that dazzles your taste buds, then we've got something you're going to like. Thanks to our mates at beer 52com dot com, you can sip on eight delicious, painstakingly sourced craft beers from around the world. All you need to do is to go to beer 52com dot com forward slash Athletic and cover the postage of four pounds and ninety five pence. And if that wasn't enough, as a listener to From the Ukraine, you can get two extra free beers. That's ten free. Beers. You like the sound of that, don't you? Beer 52 are beer pioneers, and, like the Potso Recruitment Network, Beer 52 traverse the globe to find the best and most interesting beers from the greatest small-batch breweries planet Earth has to offer. No surprise, then, that they are the world's most popular craft beer discovery clubs. Each month, Beer 52 delivers a case of beer with a different theme. They have included Germany, Korea, Belgium, South Africa, California and many, many more, but they haven't forgotten about their roots. As an independent UK company, Beer 52 are also passionate about the UK craft beer scene. What's great about Beer 52 is that you can leave at any time, whenever you like, it's up to you. As well as the best, most interesting beer money can buy, your case will include an award-winning craft beer magazine, Ferment, which explains the themes of the individual beers you'll receive, and a beery snack thrown in as well. I often give my one to my wife. It keeps her sweet. Just go to beer52.com forward slash athletic to get your case of 10 free beers because right now, listeners from the Rooker Inn will get two extra free beers. Cheers. The midfield. Saying goodbye, uh, Jordi, you've got down Roberto Pereira, which won't come as a surprise. Uh, someone we, we need to sell because they're a very sellable asset, Abdel al Then you've got a midfield, and this is definitely where you're getting your, your youth through and, uh, giving them possibilities. Ken Samar, back from his loan spell. Passetto, 24 years old. Tom Deli 20 years old. quena 20 years old. Chalabar, 25 years old. Tom Cleverly has found his level, do you think, at his ripe old age of 30. Uh, but the ones who you want to stick around for at least a season because of how well they've been doing, one is 25-year-old Will Hughes, but also 32-year-old Etienne Capoue. Do you really think Capoue is going to want to play in the Championship?
2: I don't think he's on his Christmas list. I guess the question is, where would Capoue go? He may go back to France. I think he's, uh, given, given how hectic the Championship midfield can be with possession turnover and balls lost and balls just punted forward into channels and stuff and... I'm doing a bit of a disservice, but it but it was a bit like that you know, when we were down there with a lot of the teams. Someone like Kapu who can put his foot on it and move the ball around and help us dominate games, he might like as he's getting older, slightly slightly chance to, to demonstrate his 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 quality. Again, it comes down to how much you know. He's, I think his contract's only till 2022, so the club might look to move him on. But we do need some some kind of uh, senior heads uh, in in the midfield, and uh, only he and Cleverly. Are 30 or over of the ones we're looking to keep. So unless we're bringing in somebody to be to replace him, I think it'd be harder to keep Dukure than it would be to keep Capu. Um, I think there's probably more money to be got from from Dukure and and probably more interest and also uh, ambition on on behalf of the player. So it, it really depends on how settled Kapu is in in in, in Watford in living living locally what his family situation is and how much he wants to move back to France, I guess, is what would be the obvious, the obvious move for him if we went. And how much we could get for him and how easy it would be to replace. But again, like you say, there's a lot of young players in that midfield and they may need a bit of experience. Because
0: Adam, you know, that, that is a very young midfield, um, Bar Cleverly, of course. Uh, if you, you know, that's exciting to see. It's energetic, you hope. Is it actually something that can succeed in the Championship?
1: Yeah, I think it can work, but I think like all departments in the squad, there needs to be some work done on it, and that might need to be, um, investing in some, in some new players and moving some of them on. Um, obviously, yeah, Abdullah Decore, the expectation is that he would leave um there will be options for Etienne Capoue to go back to France and it will come down to to whether he wants to to stick around or not i think Will Hughes is going to be wanted by teams in the premier league and i would have thought he will be thinking well you know i i've shown that i can i can certainly compete at the premier league level uh, in a in a struggling side what could i do in a far better side so i think they will be very very keen to keep hold of of Will Hughes at the very very least um and try and build that midfield around him they've got yet yeah, tom cleverly, I think potentially he uh it may now be that that is uh a level that he could really excel at i th- I still think he could do a job in the Premier League, you know having had sort of a long term injury. I think he's still getting back to speed and you know it's it's difficult to judge him fully on the on sort of the post lockdown period, but he did look short on a couple of occasions, that's very true. Um, but they need to, you know, start to sort of have a, a new outlook and there's not many positions to fill. So it, it would be good if Domingos Kina could, could come in and be given a run of games because when he did, um, under Javi Gracia, then he was it was very exciting to see and he and he did something um, that we hadn't seen in a sort of an attacking position from that midfield Previously, you know, he, I thought he looked really, really exciting. And I think if you look at how Abdullah Dekore was, was deployed under Nigel Pearson playing in that attacking position of the three midfielders, I think it would be perfect if Domingos Kina came into that position if, if Decore had gone. And I think he could sort of, he could make it his own. So uh, we'll have to see um, what happens with him and also whether, you know, Nathaniel Shalabar, whether he can now become the player that uh, he was when he originally arrived, and he's obviously had a long-term injury as well. It'd be nice to see if he can, if he can sort of uh, stamp his authority on that position, or if they need to find someone else who's going to be able to do that. Whether you know a youngster like Tom Deli Bashiru can be that player. Thought he showed some some good signs in in the games against Tranmere. So. I think there's options, but it needs to evolve, doesn't it? I think that's the feeling with with all departments now. There needs to be that sort of reset and and get some new blood in there and and see what they can do.
0: The attacking. Now, Geordie, let's go through the list. I can see this being the complete mirror image of what we actually end up with. Giving us another season. Danny Welbeck. Ismail Azar. People who you want to see what you've got. Pedro, who we've seen a few times uh, in the first team. Uh, Then coming... Into Watford, but sort of already being in Watford because we own them, but never been part of the, of the squad. Luis Suarez and Cucho Hernandez. We have to say a, d- a departure because we need the money from uh, Jerry Delafeu. Uh, but then, and this is where it gets interesting, Mr. Geordie, with your choices, we were getting rid of Troy Dini, Andre Gray, Isaac Success, penyeranda and Sinclair. Do you really think that's possible? With Welbeck and
2: I think it's possible. I think it's incredibly unlikely. <laughs> okay. <laughs> this, is, this is the area where I think reality let you say reality, is going to be most unlike what actually happens. I think we need to decide what formation we're playing because players like Gray, you know, people say, oh, but don't forget he's a good championship player. And um, that's kind of faint praise when he spent the last few years in the Premier League. But we know he doesn't play well with one up front. So if we're going to go down his 4-3-3 three, three, or some kind of variation or 4-2, 3-1 formation, then you know, how well will Andre Gray play in the championship? I, th- I think the problem we've got with players like Gray is that being, a, being British, Is he's most likely to go to another championship club. And because he's got predigree, we don't want to sell him to a rival. So it does it does throw up difficulties there. Troy is an interesting one. He's just celebrated his 10th anniversary. He's like the talisman. We know what he can do. But again, it's what does Troy want to do? On one side, you see him linked to Tottenham. And you might think, well, he'll fancy that because then when you know whatever he does in the future, he'll be ex-Tottenham, which you know just sounds better than ex-Watford. I think, if we're honest about it. But then you might say, you know what? I'm, I've made my money. I've had my career. I want I don't want to. I don't want to end up uh, with a limp or crippled. You know, we know he's had problems with his with his knee. I think his contracts up not too far away. Um, and the question is, given having been the captain, having been the leader, would he want to stay at Watford if he wasn't going to be the number nine? in in more than just the shirt number if he wasn't going to be the focal point of the of the strike force. Don't think Delafeu despite his injury I don't think he's going to want to stay and I think he'll probably will probably get offers and he's probably on a decent decent money so back into realism he'll have to move on. Isaac's success has many of the elements you'd want for a striker, but there's a couple of them that are missing. The ability to stand um ver- remain vertical for a long <laughs> period of time and the ability to put a run of games in. Um, you know, we see clips of him from when he was in La Liga, like running and teams ragged, and you think, well, where's that guy? As for the players I've got staying, Welbeck, I don't know how. I think he'll be hard to replace a player of Welbeck's quality. And you need to, we need to be able to score goals. I think we, we, I think we currently the the bookies favourites to get promoted. And um, that comes with its own challenges. Teams will defend against us. We need strikers who know where the goal is, and we need strikers with Naus. Um, so you know, Welbeck, he might say, you know what, I can get, a, I can get a, a, a Premier League gig. And he might well be able to do that, but it'd be lovely if we could keep him. Saar, I think, is is a great player. Got we bought him for his potential. The question is, can we get the money back? And it might be selling him covers all of our financial needs if we can get someone to drop forty million on him. But teams might be looking around like vultures to try and steal him away. And if we can convince him to stay and get a, you know a, a year really under his belt in the UK a acclimatized off the pitch as well as on the pitch you know i don't know how good his english is i don't know how confident he is but there was there was rumors when he joined that it was you know he's a big step up for him and it was quite hard coming to into the team a bit late in the season after the um african cup of nations he hasn't played that much for us and he hasn't he's he's shown what he can do in some games but he hasn't dominated every game and there's still, I think, lots of, lots of improvement for him, uh, whether it is, uh, you know, he's crossing, whether it is, uh, just, just general bits. So I think, I think if we can convince him to stay for a year and then, you know, let him know, like we, like we did with Cure previously, you know, stick around and then we'll sell you. I think he'd be a real asset because I don't think you can buy another SAR to replace him. So those two would be fantastic. Jao Pedro, we got glimpses. Again, another great hope. Suarez, I mean, we've become like Real Saragossa's like most hated club because we've not letting him play in there. In their playoff, I don't think, um, and they're questioning the integrity of, the, of all that of the competition if they could not have their full squad. But again, you know, I think he's wanted by bigger clubs. He's done very well. When I've spoken to friends in Spain, they said, "What on earth is he not doing at Watford?" Because um, he's a great player. So if we can get him, I think, I think really, our attack we've got the players we need belonging to us. It's just whether or not we can keep them, uh, and it could be really any permutation. You know, we, if we kept Delafeu and you know. Which I don't think we would do. I think he'll be a great player in the championship. And Kucho, again, another one who's who's always been held up as this great great hope. So that I means certainly in Suarez um, uh, and, and and Hernandez, there is, there are goals, and that's something that we'll need and something I think we've lacked really is is attacking threat. And you know, so this is this again. Like I say, I don't think this is what's going to happen, but I think this is an opportunity to move on players who are not going to be assets in the Premier League if we go straight back up. Whether that is success. Uh gray Deeney etc um and use this season as we've said as an opportunity to remodel and to get players acclimatized and and ingrained in 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 the way of playing so that we're learning on the job in the championship and not suddenly when we go up if we go up, which we often need to aim for, and I think Welbeck would be a good a good you know even though he says he has had injury problems and may not be able to play twice a week every week, I think he'll be a good, wise head for a lot of these younger um, strikers who who, um, who obviously know where the goal is and have proved themselves in other countries but have yet to play over here.
0: Adam, what do you think the chances are of having that exciting uh, attacking uh, forward line with one, two, three, four players in Geordie's uh, list who potentially could be easily taken somewhere else in Zar, Suarez and Hernandez? I
1: think there's every chance that Gerard
0: Delafay will leave. I think he would be the
1: favorite to leave the club. Um, I think if the money is right for Sar, I think they will strongly consider it because as Geordie said, you know, it, it, it has the potential to not only give them some profit on the initial outlay for him, but also to take the sting out of some of the other financial uh, losses that they will have suffered, not only from being relegated, but also, you know, the additional lack of Uh, income from commercial and uh, gate receipts and things like that so it could it could be a very very useful um, quick flip that they do on SAR. but I think that again what Geordie had said that there is still a lot more development to come from SAR. and I think for his career it might actually be really valuable for him to to have a season in the championship and really build up his confidence having said that There is also maybe this perception that he's a you know a young gun and he's still got a lot to learn, whereas we haven't actually seen him perform to his his best yet. And he performed far better for Wren before he joined us. I know he had sort of fleeting moments for for Watford and, and was exceptional against you know against Liverpool, great goals against southampton and aston villa on the break and all that sort of stuff and he and he's and he's been really really exciting to watch down that right hand side but he will probably also be thinking in his mind okay i left wren they've now qualified for the champions league this move has been terrible for my career so i need to get out of here so i think there's a lot to consider from his side of things from the club's side of things from his representatives Side of things as well, so I think that's going to be one to watch all the way until um, deadline day. Uh, in terms of Troy, he's the one that brought it up. In terms of him potentially leaving, you know, he's still got a contract. He's yeah, just past ten years, but he did it on the pitch, didn't he? Um, against Arsenal, bringing up his future. So if he, if he says that he is in a position now whereby he doesn't know whether you know the club want to keep him or whether he's going to go somewhere else we have to sort of take him at his word. And if he thinks he's still um, a Premier League striker, then I'm sure someone will will bring him in. Uh, I could could sort of see him going to Burnley. You know, it wouldn't surprise me. I I think that, you know, they've had sort of, you know, that sort of Peter Crouch experience, having someone big and bold that could be on the bench and potentially change the dynamic by coming on. Or, you know, if they're rotating the squad and Ashley Barnes and Chris Wood get an injury, he could slot in there quite easily. So I could sort of see that move happening. No intelligence to say that it, it will, it will, but I could see that sort of move happening. But then he would also think, well, do I want to be up? Do I want to be up there? Do I actually want to go and score goals again in the championship? So there's a lot to consider. I think from, from my own point of view, if I was in charge, I would say brilliant. Thank you for all the, all your service. But I think, you know, now we've dropped down, you know, under, under your leadership and with you playing for, you know, a decent amount of games, not a whole load of games, but a decent amount of games this season. We need to just change things up now. We need to start afresh. We need to delegate. That leadership that is held very very much within one person and let other leaders develop now and if that comes with bringing in younger players then I think maybe that is probably the, the way to go if they can bring in Luis Suarez then that would be that would be great because it seems as if he's he's very confident but I know that there's going to be a lot of teams um, in for him as well I would have thought that Danny Welbeck will probably leave I'm sure he will have offers and I think you know, with a year left on his contract, the club will also think, right, well, can we recoup some of the, the money that we've spent on his wages? They obviously got him on a free, but, you know, can we can we sort of flip that one as well? So there's a lot to consider. Roberto Pereira will probably leave. That would be the expectation. And then you've got all those other peripheral players. But then you've got others that can come in and, and play in the roles if Delafeo and Saar leave. You've got Passetto. You've got uh, Ken Semmer who could who could come in. Um, so, you know, there's a lot of options, but I, 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 my own personal opinion is I think they really do need to have a bit of a clear out. They need to be bold with, with, you know, how they approach Andre Gray. Can he still do it in the championship? I I would think it's highly unlikely. I think he's a, he's a completely different player to when he was in the championship before, um, with, you know, the likes of Brentford and and Burnley, completely different. So they need to come up with a, a strong plan and have backup to ensure that there is genuine competition for places and not having to just rely on Troy to come in because we look rudderless without him. They need to move beyond that. Hey everyone, James Richardson here from the Totally Football Show. Listen, 11 months on, we're finally getting to the best bit of this football season because the Champions League and Europa League are about to restart at the sharp end.
0: Last eight knockout tournaments await in Portugal and Germany and we'll be following both competitions with special nightly podcasts every single match day ready for you to download first thing in the morning. So have your breakfast with Honigstein, Horncastle,
1: Cox, Gurionov and all your other totally favourites and me as we wave goodbye to this epic footballing year in style. Our daily Totally Summer special is available on Apple, Spotify and all the usual places. And of course, you can also
0: listen to it ad-free on the Athletic app.
2: Football, by the hell.
0: So Adam, this transfer window is open and we know that the Pozzo network is in full effect. You know, you did a piece on it and in fact it's, it's been uh, unlocked for seven days uh, on the Athletic uh, about the Pozzo network. Is it at this point where it it's in full effect am i am i making that up or has it done its work ready for this moment
1: i think it, it it's it's always whirring um it's always moving and it's always uh, doing things this uh, recruitment uh, scouting network and it and it's sort of spider's legs that stretch all around the world and um, all these various different arms in different countries, so that continues, and you know analysts are still watching videos of far flung leagues and and trying to um, pick out key men, maybe try and sort of sort out deals and things like that. We know that that will continue, but I think as you 're sort of alluding to, yeah, we might hopefully now start to see some of the the fruits of that labour come into force in a, in a refreshed Watford lineup. Next season, and someone that we haven't really talked about too much is, is, is Jao Pedro, um, who I would hope is now someone that can be the next, um, big hit of the, of that recruitment. Model and the the scouting network. You know, if Gerard Delafeu leaves and he's given an opportunity over on the left hand side or potentially through the middle, then I think he has the potential to to be a real gem. So I, I'm looking forward to seeing him play. Um, and then, sort of more closer to home, the likes of Domingos Quina, who they didn't pay a lot of money for, but they decided to sort of bring him from from West Ham after sort of glowing reports playing um, in Portugal and also you know playing playing briefly for for West Ham. You know, that's how it works as well. There's also a domestic element to the, the recruitment model. And, and hopefully some of those players
0: that have now been on the fringes can start to um, get an opportunity. Uh, is that thing, you know, showing off this this way of, hey, come to Watford we will give you the opportunities, we will develop you and we will move you on. We haven't really seen that apart from Richarlison and we are waiting for another one and, and it will be important. And the unfortunate thing is that I suppose this is the, the biggest downfall for, for the scouts and, the, and the, the, the recruitment is that in the championship it's not the window to really show people off as much as you want. It's... You know, this as Geordie sort of alluded to it with his choices. It is about what do we need for this season, but it is about what we need for the following season, where hopefully we're back in the Premier League, uh, and then uh, a bit of time with Watford in the Premier League will give them those those next big steps to the the big big clubs and the the big big money. But we'll see what happens. How when is it the, the, is it the middle October? It's all gonna gonna close.
1: Yeah. So you've got um, basically six weeks of the season. Um, where the window will still be open and then you have the initial transfer deadline day, which will be on October the 5th. Um, and then a subsequent one on October the 16th, which will be for uh, domestic transfers. So it does have the potential to be quite disruptive. Um, but yeah, we will, we will see, especially if. You know, big players are leaving and I think Watford need to be better at selling players more regularly. I think, you you know, bang on with, with Richarlison, that was, that was a success story. But they need to be better at, at selling players and flipping them and, and making a return, which is the whole um, premise of the, of the model. And we will see if they can do that they can also reinvest in the squad so it's not necessarily that it will only be low knees or fringe players that are promoted there might be an opportunity to to also bring in other players so um i'm sure that that, that we will hopefully see the network um reaping some some rewards in in bringing bringing players in that aren't necessarily just going to be far flung distant low knees but players that can actually come in and play in the championship and and make a difference
0: Let's see what happens. Uh, and we'll be back again with some more Watford podcasts. I suspect the next one, you hope, maybe, fingers crossed, will be about a brand new head coach thank you very much to Geordie for his time thank you very much Adam an absolute pleasure and thank you again for listening do tell your friends and make sure you go to the athletic.com uh, to get a subscription to the site it is free for 30 days at the moment and if you do not want to listen to this podcast with adverts well if you're a subscriber you get to listen to it ad free via the app we'll be back again soon come on you all on <laughs>